Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. I have a super special guest today. I can't believe she agreed to talk to me. Anyway, interview with Faye Stenning. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, I've got a really awesome special guest here today. She is, she's from Canada, she's on the Spartan Pro Team, She's been running Spartan since 2013. She's made the podium at like 99.9% of them. And I believe she is the undisputed first place champion in Canadian Spartan races. And uh, she is my favorite female OCR competitor because she she shares the same first name as my mother. Let me introduce Faye Stinning. Hi guys, I I gotta like correct you there, Scott, just because I gotta give my uh, friend Lindsay Webster a bit of credit. She uh, she's also Canadian and and she's been uh, she's beat me at every single race. So I wouldn't say I'm first Canadian. I would say I'm I would say I'm second behind her. She was uh, she beat me at most of the NBC champ at actually all the NBC championship races last year, except for the one she didn't show up at. Well, I was so, just uh, talking about the Canadian Spartan races. Oh yeah, but yeah, but I guess the Canadian ones. She doesn't usually go to those, so right. I guess that's why I usually win them. I just wanted to point that out. I was giving uh, you credit where credit is I due. Know. I I feel like I can't take that credit because because uh, she's just an incredible athlete and someone I look up to. So yeah, right. Okay, well, for for those of you that don't know you, which I'm sure everybody knows you because you're like a celebrity in the OCR world. Uh, how did you first get into uh, doing OCRs? I know you've been running ever since junior high. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I've been a runner pretty much my whole whole life. Um, and I, when I graduated university, um, I ran, you know, I ran a track and cross country there, and I just was like really burnt out, and you know, took some time, kind of fully off running. I'd go for an odd jog here or there, but uh, really got into the gym and strength training and kind of doing sort of like circuits and kind of fun stuff in the gym. And um, then I started kind of running again. And then my boyfriend um, wanted to do a Spartan race. So I was like, oh, sure, we can like kind of try these out. And I just at first thought it was kind of a silly, silly sport that wasn't too serious. And But I had like a fun time doing it. But I just found that I was naturally good at it just from my running background and then having an spent the last like two years in the gym strength training I kind of became this you know runner that also now had some new strength so I just kind of I I did very well um kind of won everything that year I was just doing the Canadian stuff and um decided to go to the world championship race um the year after and that kind of opened up a whole new 
world of competition to me and it just kind of made me realize that this sport is a real sport and this race can kind of kick your ass. Um, I had a bad race at Worlds that year and was kind of determined to come back and, and kind of make a name for myself in this sport. So I've just been, I was working away and just spending all my, my money with my boyfriend, traveling to the States, competing, and um, it's just kind of been our hobby ever since. And now recently it's turned into, a, I guess, a, a career for me. So it's been crazy. Well, I say you've definitely made a name for yourself in here. And for, and for some of those of you that that don't know, Faye Stenen, I've been kind of like researching on you. Faye Stenen has, she can run 17-minute 5Ks, 35-minute 10Ks, and she can run a half a marathon in an hour and 20 minutes. That is scalding cat fast. <laughs> yeah. Those are old times. Like, my, my 10K times, pretty accurate. Um, those 5Ks and that half marathon is pretty slow. Um, I can run a lot faster than that now. I just haven't wanted to hit the road. Um, the only accurate time, I'd say, is my 35-minute 10K. But, yeah, those other times are old. But I just – and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this – um, once you start trail running and once you start obstacle course racing, going and doing just a boring old road race is like so torturous. It really so I is. haven't really been on the road and really competed at those other distances in quite some time, but I definitely know I'm, I'm faster than those times now, which is pretty cool that you can get actually become a better runner through obstacle course racing, even when you're sort of spreading yourself thin, working on a variety of different athletic um you know tasks so it's neat to see that i'm still able to run as fast as i was when i was just focusing on running right um so i totally agree with you because once you start running the trails pounding the pavement just seems awful and Torture. I, and i was kind of like the same way you were you know i i was a running 5ks all the time and Somebody said something about doing a Spartan race, and the only thing I was thinking of is, man, I'm fixing to mess up a lot of gear if I do that. And uh, But I finally went and did it, and I'm, like, so super hooked and addicted now. I just love it and love the community and just what it's all about. It's just everything about it is super fun. Yeah. It's definitely a very special community. It's um, – I just – what I like the most about it is is no one takes himself too seriously. Um, exactly. You know, you go to a – you go to the Boston Marathon or something like that, and you've got these, like, elite runners that don't even really talk to the regular runners. You know, everyone goes and runs and then leaves and goes to their hotel room. Whereas obstacle course racing, it is really, as much as it's my it's my sport, it's so much of my social part of my life, and it really fulfills that, that kind of social, you know, party, good time part of of my life as well so it's kind of becoming both my social life and my sport which is which is more than I ever thought it would be so it's pretty cool exactly and and the first time I met Faye was definitely when she chicked me in Asheville but even after the race Faye was in the crowd talking to everybody she came up to me and my friends and we started talking to her about different ways to attack and approach different obstacles and I just thought man that was just the coolest, you know, being able to talk to, you know, somebody on the protein. That was just awesome. So, yeah, that's and, the way it should be. You know, I mean, it's crazy. You, everyone thinks, oh, you're on the protein, but it's like 
I almost am more impressed with people like not on the pro team and not that don't have sponsors and that don't have all the time in the world to train because it's incredible when I talk to just the the regular people, folks in the open heat or um, that they're doing like the same amount of training as me. Some of them, you know, training two a days, holding a full time job, have kids. Like, to me, like, those people, those are the motivated people. Those are the people that I really look up to. And, I, you know, I think about those people when I get up in the morning and all I have to do is train and eat and take a nap. And, you know, I'm complaining about it. And I just think back to all those conversations I had with other people after the race and just the, you know, how they have so many responsibilities and they're getting the work done. And I'm like, you know, I have no excuses. So... Yeah, I just, I really, I use as much as I think people use me for motivation, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street and I find myself needing to use just the open class competitors as motivation as well. Mm. See, I, and I totally agree with you. I, I live, I live alone and I don't have any kids and I knew if, if I had kids and I had all the snack foods and everything that all the kids had, I've, I'd just be huge and probably wouldn't be able to run or exercise or even have the time to do it because, you know, it, every, it, it makes just, I mean, having a 40 hour week job, I mean, alone is, it's hard to get in, you know, a lot of good training and long runs, you know, when you want to be good oh, yeah. at, at the sport. But yeah, it requires it requires a lot a lot of work to be good at this sport just because there's so many different things you need to work on. You're training like an endurance athlete, but then you're also training like a strength and power athlete. So yeah, it's a lot of work and huge kudos to those people that are doing it with a full time job or a full time job and kids. So yeah, I know I use I kind of use you as an example. Like I ran a couple of races this weekend in Fort Bend and in Charlotte, and uh, it was like thirty. 30, 39 degrees in Charlotte and it was 40 something degrees in Fort Benning. And I, I was thinking, man, this is going to be a cold race. And then I was thinking about, well, face in and runs in the snow and gets frostbite. I can muster up <laughs> enough to do this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. It's a bit an unpleasant winter here for sure. Hopefully it makes you, me tougher for that cold water dunk in Tahoe this year. Oh yeah. I heard that that was pretty bad last year. Yeah. Um, Another question I wanted to ask you is, you know, speaking of getting up and going and running in those cold temperatures, uh, what gives you your, I mean, where do you get your motivation and your drive from to just hammer every day and to attack these races like a beast like you do? Um, you know, I think that, um, as I've gotten older, I've really enjoyed racing and training more and more. I've almost find like more and more every year I'm liking it more. And I think that's because, um, I've just developed sort of a training plan and a training style that it is hard work. And there are days I just don't feel like getting out of bed and doing it, but I have a lot of variety in my training. I have a lot of awesome training partners and I try and, you know, if I'm, I'm lucky enough that if I'm going through kind of a rough patch, I can go down to California and train there for a few weeks. But I think that my motivation comes from a a reasonable training plan, something that is hard and as I log a lot of miles, but is also incorporates like some fun stuff in it that I actually look forward to and I enjoy. Um, 
And I also think that my motivation just comes from, I just like, I'm totally addicted to just the feeling of pushing my body. And, um, it's, I, you know, I would equate it to, it's like a drug for me. It's not something that I just like, it's something that I crave and something that I need, you know, on a, on a daily basis. So I just don't feel like myself. Um, I'm also like, not really, I just find like, I don't have really any other hobbies. I'm like, not into movies or books or stuff like that. So it's just, I honestly don't know what else I would do. Like, I've just been given this talent and I just want to see how far I can push my body. And the fact that I've met so many amazing people in the sport and can kind of train with them or or go to races with them, that kind of keeps the fun in it. And that's, I think, what's going to keep me doing this for a very long time is that it is like such a social part of my life, too. Yeah, it, it really is a big social part because I know like right after you finish a race, it's like, oh, man, the next race sitting until such and such, you know, so it kind of like a bummer there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's just a, it's just a big party after the races. It's just a, it's a really fun atmosphere. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. So I, I noticed you posted on your athlete page that you picked up a new sponsor this year, uh, Optimum Nutrition. Yeah. So that's yeah, pretty I've got, sweet. I've got actually a few, I got a few new sponsors this year. Um, my sports agent, she's been awesome. She's been killing it for me and I, I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm, it's totally a dream come true that these sponsors have, ha, are helping me out this year because the last thing, you know, I needed to worry about was, was money on top of trying to compete at this level. So very thankful. That's pretty sweet. So you're going to start bulking up with mass gainer through Optimum now? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. No, 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 no. No bulking up. Bulk season has officially ended for me. So uh, trying to probably do the opposite, lean up a bit more and, and get ready to run run fast. So. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. So you just ran a race in, in um, San Jose, and that, that was your first race this year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was my first one. And you play, didn't you play, you play second both days there, right? Third and second. Third yeah. and second. Mm-hmm. So how was the race? Was it a good race for you? Uh, no, it was, it was a bad race for me, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad race because I raced bad. It just wasn't, it's just so early in the season and I'm just not at the fitness level that I want to be at, at right now. Um, but I'm hoping that that's going to serve me well later in the season. It's, you know, as much as I want to be super, super fit right now and winning races, it's, um, it's not always the best decision for the long term. Just because the season is so, so long, you really risk um, peaking too early or worst case scenario, um, burning out by the big races. So I'm trying to be patient and bite my ego on that first race and just... Um, know that it's all part of the process and I'm not fit right now, but it's a slow, it's a slow uphill grind, but, uh, I'll be there when it matters the most, which is obviously the NBC season. When does that start? Isn't that fixing to start this weekend? Uh, next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. That's right. 22nd. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like, and I mean, this is probably, this might be, this is like why the sport is so crazy. It's like, yeah, it starts at the end of April and then it goes all the way till October. So 
I mean, if you think you're going to do really, really well and be in shape for all those races, I would say that's very, very hard um, to do. So, I'm, I mean, it does start next April, but I probably won't be in really prime shape till uh, June or July and then hopefully peaking in that October. Yeah, that's, that's one thing about OCR is is that, you know, every every race you go into – you got this mind frame, is this going to be a good race today or is this going to be a bad race? And you never know until the end. It, I mean, that's the way it seems like. It, I mean, in the world of Spartan racing, you, you have your good races and you have your bad races. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And I think that, like, the bad races are just as important as the good races. Uh, I mean, you can learn any race and um, – you know, you just kind of know what you need to work on. You have a bad race and you can really tweak your training and really focus on exactly what went wrong in that race and what's a weakness. Whereas if you have a good race, you're kind of just like, oh, that was good. Just keep doing what I'm doing. And sometimes you don't learn quite as much as from the bad ones. So, hmm. so, um, so what, what obstacles did you end up, did you, did you fail some obstacles in San Jose? Uh, no, I didn't fail any on um, Saturday, awesome. which is, like, really good for me. I, I'm not, like, I wouldn't say, I'd say the running is my strong part. The obstacles I'm, I'm fine at, but, you know, I do make a few mistakes here and there. But I was happy to have not failed any of them on uh, Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, I just failed the spear, which sometimes I don't even count as a failure because to me that's just like a coin toss. Right. But um, I was happy on the Sunday race. Apparently, like, everyone was flying off the monkey bars because it was um, super wet and muddy. So I'm glad that my grip strength is kind of where it needs to be. So so that's one positive from the weekend. But um, just fitness-wise, my running isn't uh, isn't where it usually is. So Right. Speaking speaking of the spear throw, and um, you can you can deny this if you want to, but it seems like they've always got the camera right on your right on your face when you throw the spear on the NBC shows, and it's pretty obvious yeah. that you're expressing your hate for the spear throw when you miss it with obscenity. I know. <laughs> I know, it's so frustrating, and I never even noticed that the camera is on, and <laughs> people can probably guess the word I say after I throw it and miss it, but hey, yeah, we, they blurb that out, but we yeah, all do it, it. Just, it sucks, because it's like, it just has nothing to do with your training and your preparation, that's what I don't like, I mean, you fail the monkey bars, you kind of like, okay, like, my grip isn't as strong. That's probably because I haven't been doing enough grip strength. You know, you fail a tire flip. You know, like, you probably should hit the deadlifts a bit more. You know, you're slow on the run. You should run more. But it's like, you miss the spear. It's just such a, like, I don't really know how to correct that. Like, I mean, <laughs> I probably miss the spear all the time. And it's still, it's not like, usually when you train for something, you get better at it. And the spear is something that, it just doesn't seem to follow that rule. So it's very frustrating. Yeah, I'm kind of like I'm like you. It's a it's a coin toss. I I'll go, you know, two or three races and hit it every time. And like this past weekend, I missed it both races. So it's it's definitely you know one of those things. And, and I'm sure spectators you know see people you know cussing every time they miss it or they fail an obstacle, but they just don't understand, man. We're passionate about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's so true. 
So, uh, what do you think about the new obstacles that uh, Spartan has added to their list this year? Um, so the only new ones I've kind of heard is, is that Olympus one, which is a slanted wall with the chains and the holes. And they actually had that at Tahoe. Um, so it kind of came into play at the end of last, last, uh, year. Yeah. Um, that one's fine. It's not like my favorite one. Um, I hate it. I'm slow on it. And I, and I think that's because I haven't been in on, on it that much. So I like put my hands in the holes and scrape my knees like I'm on my knees and I scrape my knees and it's just like slow and atrocious but I was practicing it after the race and it's act there's like a way more efficient way of doing that like on your feet and just going chain to chain to chain um which is way 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 quicker um but you know it's more riskier with those chains they're not super long and if they're wet like so I think you gotta with that one I guess like the tips and advice I give to people is you really gotta assess the conditions if it's a really wet, slippery day, like you might want to play it more conservative and um, use the holes. But if it's a nice dry day and, and you've been working that grip and you've got pretty good upper body strength, I would just say go for it. And I know that's what my that's going to be my attack the next few races. I'm just going to trust my strength and go chain to chain to chain and and uh, hope for the best. But so there's that obstacle, and then I know they've made the tires heavier. They didn't have the tires in the race that I did. But I heard those are heavier. Um, so with the tires being heavier, and I've heard especially the guys, you know, you want to make sure that you're keeping up with your strength training and you're doing your deadlifts and sumo squats and stuff like that, making sure you're not uh, slacking off in that because um, that's an easy one to miss Miss if you haven't done your strength training because I've heard it's like 400 pounds or something crazy. Yeah. Um, and then the only other obstacle I think is new is that twister one. And I haven't been on that one, and I look. It looks fine to me. It just looks like it takes a long time, and it's pretty long to get across. But yeah, that's what I was I thinking too. I think that one will be fine, unless it's like super muddy and slippery. Yeah, that's one thing about running elite is the condensation can usually be on every single grip obstacle first thing in the morning. Right. Yeah, and I have like, I mean, I am super. Um, you know, I make sure my hands are dry on like all the obstacles. So, um, whenever I'm like doing like a long running stretch and there's like sand on the ground or gravel, like I just like, or weeds, like I just grab them in my hands and I just like, I'm holding on to dry gravel or dry sand or even just dry grass and clenching them in my fists just to dry my hands. And it doesn't take any extra time. Um, but it's like drying your hands while you're running, which is kind of what I i've done and it's worked really really well hey that's that's a good tip there too um i I know another thing that sucks for the females is not only do y'all have to deal with the condensation y'all have to run through all the all the men too do y'all ever do you do you ever have problems with that is everybody usually pretty cool about getting out of the way no never 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 do i have problems the men out on the course are amazing I actually think I race better because they're there because they move out of the way. I barely have to say, excuse me. They always move out of the way. And then like one guy will move out of the way and then he'll holler up to like make his like buddies also move out of the way. And they're so supportive and they're so nice. And they'll tell me like how far I am off the leader. They will congratulate me. They're so motivating. Like, 
I, I honestly don't know if I would have made it through. I was like having a really rough race, the San Jose super. I was just struggling like with the running and I just felt like I was like this, it was my first Spartan race and I had never ran more than two miles. And it was just like this huge deal for me and they were so supportive. And I don't know if I would have been able to finish the race if it wasn't for all their positive talk. So I love the guys on the course. I never have any problems with them. And I hope if there's any other guys that are, you know, listening to the podcast, uh, I just want to thank you guys for, for being so nice and moving out of the way. And that really helps because, you know, it, it may seem like just a simple thing to just say, excuse me. But when your heart rate's like 200 beats per minute and you feel like you're going to vomit, yeah, <laughs> it's so nice not to have to open your mouth and ask for people to move out of your way. So thank you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I know I was totally stoked in Asheville watching all the pro team girls go past me. I was like, oh, my God, there's Rose Wetzel. I mean, it was just <laughs> – it was it was awesome. I know there was there, – I forget who it was, but there was one behind me that got stung by a wasp in Asheville. I remember that. Oh, that was maybe me. I got stung too. That could have been me. Oh, that was brutal. They threw – they ran us through a, like a wasp's nest. No, you you passed me way before that because I think okay. you passed me at a little bit right after the monkey bars because me and Lindsay Webster were doing burpees together at the monkey bars. I remember that. Oh, did she fail the burpees at the Asheville? Asheville was a crazy race. It was. So wet, so slick. Like, yeah, everything. That was just like a gong show. Everyone was falling off everything. Yeah, but at the monkey bars, she was actually already already over there doing her burpees and like i made it to the last bar and it was the first time i ever failed the monkey bars and i expressed my frustrations and dropped an f-bomb really really loud and like and she just looked up at me when i did that so i, I totally felt bad for it. So way after the race i messaged her and po- apologized for it and she's like don't sweat it i've done exactly the same thing you're doing right now to other people i've done that in front of <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, is there an obstacle which you'll probably say the spear, but is there an obstacle that you just dread the most? Which obstacle would that be? Uh, I have like huge. Uh, people probably don't know this. It's like super embarrassing to say, but I have like huge, huge like anxiety over the eight foot wall, and like. I know we have a ledge, us girls, but, like, I, sometimes that thing takes me, like, three tries to get over. It is, like, so embarrassing. I, like, can't run and, like, jump. Like, I just, like, it, I have to, like, stop and jump, and then I can't reach it because I'm, like, don't have a good enough vertical to, like, reach the top, so I need to, like, use the ledge, but I find it really scary and intimidating to, like, run up to it and, like, pop your foot on the ledge and, and reach up. So I have like huge anxiety about that one. And then anytime that there's like a balance thing that freaks me out too. Yeah. Because so yeah, that's on a, on a balance one. That's one of those things like it might just catch you off guard and you fall. So I totally get yeah. that. I always think that way too. Um, but I, I know what you're talking about on the eight foot wall because I, I see a lot of the elite men, they'll run right up to it and kind of like jump and put their foot on the wall and help get over it. I cannot do that to save my life. I have to go, yeah. and, I have to stand right in front of the wall and just jump up and I can just barely get my fingertips on it when I jump and I can 
kind of I slowly but surely put my knees up against it and get over it. But I mean, it, it's definitely right. difficult, no doubt yeah, about it. And and how tall are you? You're only like what five four? No, I'm five six. Five six. Oh. So I'm not that short. I just I just don't like running up to like this hard, big object. It just is like I don't know. I'm just like scared of smacking my face. It's just ugly. It's just an ugly, uncoordinated mask mess, but I'm trying to get better and trying to do that one a bit more fluidly. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the way I see it too, because if you run and try to jump on it and put your foot on it, I'm just thinking my foot's going to slip and I'm going to smack the wall. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what would be your favorite obstacle? I think you said the rig on your profile. Yeah, I like the rig. I like I like the just sort of sweat that I just like the traditional rig. I haven't seen it. It wasn't that this year, but you know, the one with the rings and then you got that, that, uh, pole that you can cross and then the ropes. But I like when they kind of throw in like cool different rigs. I think that's really fun. Yeah, I think so too. Every single rig I've seen this year has got nothing but rings on it so far. I know. Same. That's so lame. I hope they don't keep it like that. Yeah, and I haven't, and in most of the races, I haven't seen the Z-Wall. I'm wondering if Olympus has took the place of the Z-Wall, maybe because it might be easier to set up or something. Uh, No, the Z-Wall was at San Jose. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, well, cool. That's good to know that it isn't totally going away. Yeah, so we went to Fort Benning this weekend, and you know how they'll release the map out on Facebook or TomTom, like on Thursday or Friday. So we get the map for Fort Benning, and it says Twister on there. And I was like, cool, yeah, I get to see the new obstacle. It was a total bluff. It wasn't even there. Yeah, I wonder if they took that one out because it wasn't at San Jose either. Yeah, and didn't they say it, they said it was going to be on the map too, didn't they? They did, yeah. So I wonder if they took that thing out. Um, I wouldn't mind if that thing's out. I'd rather have a, a cooler rig. Right. And I'd rather... I I think like having a heavier like the tires that are heavier or making that slate that um plate drag if they made that thing heavier and longer oh, man, that'd or something, be rough. That would be a good a good obstacle. I think that um I mean out of I mean I hope they keep things heavy. Um just cuz I don't want a whole bunch of runners to come and overtake our sport. Right. Uh so I hope that they keep things heavy within reason. But um yeah, I'd like to see some longer, heavier sled pulls. I'd like to see some tires. I haven't seen a tire in a really, really long time. And yeah. I think it would be really cool to see, like, a really long rope that you have to climb. It's just, like, so long that, like, you know, I don't know. It would be kind of cool. I know. I totally miss having the water underneath the rope. Yeah. Because, I mean, I even though the rope was wet, it still kind of kept the mud off of it because of the water. So. Yeah. That yeah. was kind of a cool thing. And, and and what you were talking about with the Twister, you were hoping they were taking it out. I've seen tons of pictures where people have tore their calluses open on it because every time that bar comes down, you know, it's rotating in your hand. So Ooh. I can I can see that tearing up, tearing hands up. Of course, people have already been posting tons of pictures of it. Huh, I didn't see that, but yeah, yikes. Yeah, so it could be a, maybe it could be a sanitary thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right.
right, all right. So, um, I got some questions for you. I usually ask everybody, and uh, I was, and I don't know if you want to share these or not, but uh, what is like your pre-race ritual that you do every time? Um, so I don't know. I don't, I mean, I go through the same taper pretty much before every race and, you know, and all that stuff that like any sort of smart athlete would do. But in terms of a pre-race ritual, I don't really have one. Like, I mean, I race so much that I just try and like stay relaxed and I really just, just take it. Like I try and keep the mindset that it's just like another workout. Like, it's just, like, another workout that is just going to be a little bit harder than a normal workout. And I just try and stay really calm and still do what I normally would do the night before a race. So if I, you know, go get dinner with friends or just try and, and really not really think about the race too much. Um, I think the worst thing I can do, and everyone's different on this, is overanalyze it and, like, run the race in my head, like, a million, million times. Because I think then you're just, like, mentally tiring your yourself out I just like to just continue life really as is and just go into the race relaxed and just kind of go for it so I'm not someone that is super high strung about racing um so yeah sorry if it's not like a cool like intense like pre-race ritual but I just for for myself I'm a pretty high strung intense person and I need to like stay as relaxed as possible that makes so sense. I like, and I bet you probably sleep better up. being like that too. Yeah, like I used to, I mean, I used to, when I used to run, um, when I was quite a bit younger, I mean, I was like a nervous wreck. Like I like, before races, like I just like couldn't eat or if I ate, I would like want to throw up. I'd feel so nervous and sick. I would stay awake all night. I wouldn't sleep. I'd be like on the stein, like almost in tears. So I've like been there and I've done that. Like, and I just, now I'm just like, I'm just racing and I'm going to have fun with it because to be honest, we're not making millions of dollars doing this sport. So if it's not fun, what really are you doing? So, yeah. So what is your, but do you have like a breakfast of champions and don't say Wheaties? Um, I like just have like usually some sort of an energy bar before I race. I don't eat too much before I race. I will eat a ton of food the night before. So, like, the night before, um, you know, I, I'll probably have a dinner that's probably, like, twice as big as my normal dinner, um, you know, with the more focus on carbohydrates. So, more of, like, a pasta or rice-heavy dish um, with lots of carbs, and I'll drink lots of water. Um, and then I wake up and I'm, I'm usually like not really hungry at all just because I had such a heavy meal the night before. And so usually I just sort of top off my energy stores, um, with just sort of like 200 to 300 really calories worth of an energy bar. And, and that's pretty much it. No coffee. Oh yeah. And coffee for sure. Coffee. Heck yeah. Okay. So you said you eat twice as much for dinner. What is twice as much for face thinning? Um, well, usually I'm, I'm like a, I kind of eat not much throughout the day and I usually eat a lot at dinner time. Um, just because I don't like eating a lot throughout the day when I'm like training all day. Um, so my dinners are usually like 
fairly large. Um, I would say, like, I probably eat, like, a 200-pound man. Um, <laughs> like, tonight, like, we'll go trail running tonight, and then we'll go, um, Josh and I will, my boyfriend, will, we, and, we and him will go get pizza after, and, like, we'll each both eat a full pizza. Sweet. So, like, I, and, you know, I mean, I'll have, like, if we go for dinner, it's like we can't just, like, get an entree. We have to get, like, an appetizer, like, keep asking them to bring us more bread, eat, like, a full meal, and then we'll, like, sometimes have dessert, too. So I eat a fair a bit at night, but I don't eat much during the day, and um, I've kind of tried to change that, but it doesn't really work with just the way I am, like, training all day. It's just hard to get enough food, and I try and get a lot of it in been trying to get a lot of it in in liquids but I would say like I don't know how much I probably consume before a race but it's probably up there like in the 15 1500 calories or so range the night before so just a fair bit of food I would say it would be like you know I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even know like measuring size, but it is like, it is like a a big enough size that when you're like, go fill your plate at like a buffet, like people, um, look at your plate and then look (laughs) at you and then look at your plate and like, don't understand why this small person is eating so much food. But I purposely do that because I don't want to eat a lot in the morning. And I find when I do that, like I'm not that hungry in the morning and Especially for, it's not so much important for a super beast, or sorry, a super sprint when you're out there just for like less than an hour and a half. But like some of these races, like at Worlds and stuff, we're out there for three hours. And if you're out there for more than 90 minutes, like you should be concerned about your um, like glycogen stores. So that's the purpose of that meal is to really just sort of top off the glycogen stores before I uh, go to bed. Well, this is. As as much as you're dominating, I wouldn't change it up anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, like, let's say you know, like for San Jose, for instance, it was a double race weekend. Uh, like, what what do you do after that first race to kind of, you know, kind of rehab for the next race, or if you do anything at all, do you just do you stretch yeah, out? Like, you roll. Yeah, like. Usually when I'm doing back-to-back races like San Jose or, or whatever, those aren't, like, big races for me. They're not, like, priority races. So, um, you know, I'm not, like, overly concerned about what I'm doing. I think, like, the main thing is, like, drinking water and, and getting some food in you. Um, but I usually don't – if it's a big, important race, like, I won't do a back-to-back race. So, like, the NBC races that are, like, really big and important – like I won't race the next day. So, um, I don't do really much like after that race, all like, you know, food and water and, and focus on that. But my recovery won't really take place till like the next day. So the next two or three days, it'll just be light jogging, a lot of foam rolling, a lot of stretching. I'll go see my chiropractor. I'll go see my massage therapist. Um, and then, and kind of re restart training usually later in that week, either a Wednesday or a Thursday. Right. So you you actually so you'll take a, a few days off after race weekend. Well, I'll run like everyone says. Oh, you take time off, and 
everyone was so shocked, like, when I was like, oh, yeah, I take time off. But I should, like, clarify that, like, my time off, I count, like, a 10 to 50 – I should use miles. I count, like, a – a eight mile run as an eight mile easy run as like a, a considered like a day off like an, a low intensity day like I still run for like an hour yeah, every day. Your your easy run is probably day. running at my race pace. I'll say I'll say like an, I will, I took today off and like people are like oh what'd you do I'm like oh I just went for an easy hour run, but that's like that's like an off in terms of like I'm not trying to get any work done. I'm just trying to, it's like active recovery. So yeah, if I race Saturday, usually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday will be like 45 minutes to 70 minutes of running, just like low intensity, a pace that I could comfortably chat with my friends, just like enjoying the scenery. And that's what I'll do for three days. And then like, I'll do something like awful on Wednesday, usually when I start train really training again. Right. So that kind of leads into my next question. How many miles a week do you put in training? Uh, I was doing about 75 miles for a long time. Maybe I'll say 65 to 75 miles, 75 being on the high end. Um, Usually... I'm probably in season around 50 miles. Yeah. So now when you go out and do these training, are you, are you pacing yourself? Are you trying to run at like 90% every time? Or you take an easy day, then a fast day? or? So all my runs are at an easy, comfortable pace. And then all my workouts are at an uncomfortable pace. So, I mean, I'll do my running at like, I don't wear a heart rate monitor, but. I'm just going to like throw out numbers and these are guesses, but I'm pretty sure they're fairly accurate just because I've been running for so long. I kind of know, just kind of know this without needing a watch to tell me, but, um, I will probably, um, do my easy runs at a heart rate between around 150 beats a minute. Um, which usually puts me on like a flat, on a flat run at usually like a 7:30 mile. <laughs> on like a hillier course, maybe like up to, you know what, maybe could even be a nine minute mile on like a really treacherous trail run. And then I do all my fast, fast stuff. Um, you know, I'll be going anywhere from, um, you know, a five minute mile pace to a six minute mile pace for my faster workouts. Right. Well, Faye, I know I know you've got to be somewhere, and I've got a ton more questions to ask, but I'm just going to skip through it, and I've got one question I want to ask you. Um, to date, what what has been your most favorite race, and why? Um, hmm. God, I don't know. Honestly, I just think that um, 2013 Sun Peaks race was my favorite race. That's a beast here that we have in Canada. I think it was just my favorite race because that was like the race where I was like, wow, this sport is like the real deal. Um, I mean, I had never ran more than like 90 minutes at a time. And I was out there for like over three hours and 
it was just a really cool race for me because it just, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this. It was one of those things that I did something that I never thought I would ever be able to do. And people may think like, oh, Faye's on the pro team. And I can't believe she didn't think that she could run that long. But like, I never thought I could run for three hours, like 90 minutes. I was a track runner, so our long runs were 90 minutes. And when I came into that finish line at Sun Peaks and I saw, like, over three hours on my watch, I was, like, just so amazed with myself and just what I was capable of. So that was kind of my favorite race, and that's when I really decided to take this sport seriously. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, that was that was exactly the way I felt when I ran my first beast. I just – I didn't think I could do that, you know, because I've, I've been – I struggled with knee problems for a while, and I just didn't think I could do that. And – I felt the same way when I finished my first beast. It was seriously a changing moment yeah. in my life. It's a it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, no, for sure. Is that one? Did did you place first at that race too? Yeah, yeah. I bet yeah. that was an awesome feeling too. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really cool. Like me and I, so then my boyfriend and I after that race, like we. I don't even think I brought any fuel with me or anything. Like That's I was insane. so new to it, right? So we like went to. Uh, I remember we went out for food, and we got like we both got like the chicken and the ribs. Like the waitress is like, "What do you guys want to eat?" We're like, "Oh, we'll have the chicken and ribs." She's like, "Okay, chicken for you, ribs for you." We're like, "No, no, no, we both we both want chicken and ribs." Heck She's yeah! Like, what? It's like a great combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Faye, I I really appreciate you talking to me. I know that I'm not one of the bigger podcasts or anything like that, and that's what that's what I and that was the reason why I asked you. Not only because you're my favorite female OCR athlete, but it's just the way you just seem really cool when when you talk to me in Asheville. You just seem like you had time to talk and you wanted to talk, and I just thought that was really cool. And I I just want to thank you again for talking to me today. No, thank you, and thanks for having me and. Yeah, just for everyone just being sort of my fans and being so nice and supportive to and following my uh, kind of Spartan story. It's been uh, super humbling to have everyone's support. So thank you. Well, I just want to uh, I just want to thank you again, and I just want to tell you good luck for 2017. I'm sure you're going to crush it. Thank you. I hope so. All right, we'll talk to you later, Faye. Okay. Bye. Oh my God, that was rad. I can't believe she talked to me today. But anyway, hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, my next race will be at Tri-State, New Jersey. Please come up to me and say, hey, Scott, what's up? Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram or whatever. If you feel like it, go to iTunes, rate us, leave a review, tell us how bad we are. I'll see you at the next race. Peace! Peace!